0: Good morning, church. You are here. You didn't go out of town even though it was holiday weekend, and you're here. Maybe you were wishing, though, that you were at the beach right now or something like that. But I can tell you that this morning's even better than the beach, being right here, right now, in the house of the Lord. Now, look, i has been a long time since I've been to the beach, so maybe I'm overstating it. <laughs> uh, but I know that the beach is a great place to go. This weekend here with this colder weather, I don't even know if I want to be on the beach. And what is it, a tropical storm out there beating up the the coastline? So uh, you're in a better place anyway. Amen. So you're right here this morning in the better place instead of on the high waves beating on uh, the beach from the tropical storm. So the last three weeks we talked about excellence and unity. Excellence and unity. And we should have excellence And unity as core values in our lives. this morning I want to talk to you about having trust as a core value in your life. Most people wouldn't look at trust and say, okay, I need that as a core value. But if we look at trust and we look at what the scripture says about trust, about trusting in the Lord, about trusting in others, I think this morning we'll see... That's extremely important, and we need to have that as a core value in our lives. And focus on that word, trust. Now before we dive in, let's just go to the Lord's Prayer one more time. Father, this morning, we thank you. We praise you for your your presence, your anointing that is here in this place. I thank you, Lord, that this message was touched. Each one of us here this morning, including myself, as it already has. I just thank you for continuing to speak to me those here and the sound of my voice this morning, or maybe your words and not just my own, Lord, that we have ears to hear, eyes to see, Lord, what you're saying to us. Lord, all distractions are gone right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that we can focus on you and your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the words translated trust in the Bible literally mean a bold, confident, sure security or action Based on that security. Trust is something that makes you feel secure. There is a security in trust, which is why I think it's imperative for us to have trust as a core value. And see, the thing is, is trust is not the same as faith. Faith is a gift of God that is given to us. He says the scripture says that each man, man, he's given a measure of faith. So Amen. each person, that man, mankind, is what is talking about there. So each one uh, of us has been given a measure of faith. Now that faith can grow, it can still grow, but it's still a gift from the Lord that we all have a measure of faith, and we want our faith to always grow. Now trust is not a gift; it is not given to us. Trust is a result of the faith that's been given to us. Because of the faith that we've been given by God, we begin to trust. We begin to trust Him. We begin to look at His Word and we're able to put our trust in others many times. And trusting is believing the promises of God in all circumstances. Even though it may not even look like it's a good thing, right, at the moment. But we still trust God through all of it. You remember when Jesus, he was in the boat and the disciples were there with him. And they were going to the other side. And the storm came. There's all these storms. And this has been preached about a lot. You probably heard it. But if not, you get to hear it again. And we're not going to read that scripture. It's not in my notes, but that's what's coming to me right now. And the waves and the winds are going, and the storm <laughs> is beating into the. And the boat is starting to take on water, and it, the disciples of Christ are all getting, and uh, they're getting concerned, they're getting fearful, they're getting afraid. They're like, "Oh my goodness, the ship's going to go under." So they wake up Jesus; he's falling asleep. When you when you got full trust in God, you can sleep through a storm. Amen. I mean, you know, Christ Amen. is sitting there. He's asleep. He's not worried about anything. They wake him up and say, Christ, you know, Jesus, do, do you not, you know, uh, do you not, uh, aren't you upset that we're going to perish? You know, he's sitting there t- saying this to them. And he's like, oh, ye of little faith. Mm-hmm. And he calmed the storm. He calmed the sea. He just commanded to it. He just spoke to it. He said, well, TJ, I don't know. It's not, you know, the storms in my life. I don't know if I could just speak to them and they would just you know, calm down like that. I don't know that I could do that like Jesus did. Even though that Jesus said that we are to be like Him, that we are to follow after His example, and He only does what the Father tells Him to do. And when we look in the Word, it says that we do have that power and authority. We have the authority and the power to speak to storms in our life. Maybe it's not that storm that's on the beach right now and we're not sitting there speaking to the waves that are going there, but the circumstance, whatever it is that seems that's so insurmountable, that seems like it's coming up on the beach. I saw some footage of this storm. There was somebody driving in Florida and the the road goes along where, you know, the beach was. But there's between the beach and the road was trees, you know, grass and, and all of that. And They just had the camera on the waves in the sea, so you couldn't see how far it had come up. And then the camera started coming down, and you could start to see those waves had come up to the trees, and it was hitting the middle of the trees, and it was starting to spill onto the road that they were actually driving (coughs) on, and they're trying to get out and get away, and the waves are coming over the road that they're on, and the water's starting to come to the other side of the roadway. But man, that, that's a powerful wind. That's, some powerful, that's a powerful storm. But they were going right through it. They were just driving right on. And, and the video, you know how people take video and they're like, and they see something that's like traumatic or something off and they're like, oh my goodness, you know, and they're just like freaking out on the video. Have you ever seen one of those <laughs> yeah. before? And they're just going, this person's just filming dead silent in their vehicle say, this is odd. And I think, are my speakers not right? I tested my speakers with my music. He said, no, my speaker, and I turned it way up. They're just dead silent. It was a two and a half minute video of just showing this, and they're just chilling. Just driving in the car like it's nothing. When you trust in God, you're just chilling. Like it's nothing. Amen. Like it's nothing. When you fully trust in God. Whatever the situation is, the waves are coming, the water's spilling over the road, but you're just going through it. Me? If I was in that car, I'd probably have been nervous. I'd have been freaking out. I'd have been like, we got to get out of here. Let's make a turn and go even further away from the coast. I want to get away from this. That's what I would have been thinking. I would have had some words on my video if that was my video. But see, <laughs> one of the things that I like about trust is that it brings peace. brings peace. In Isaiah 26 verse 3 it says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And what's, what's interesting about this word rock is when you look it up in the Hebrew it means place of refuge or strength. And, you know, we just, you know, God is the strength of my life. You know, we just sang that this morning, our first song. If you missed it, that's what we sang. God is my, (laughs) he's the rock, he's the strength. You know, God is my rock, I think is the name of the song, right? God is my rock. I play it and I still don't know the exact title, but I just know it's good. And I'm just singing along with it. I just love that. Because God is my rock. Amen. He's my strength. And because of that, if my mind is stayed on Him, as Isaiah says here, then I'm going to have peace. I'm going to have peace. Because if I'm thinking about God, and my mind stayed on Him, and on what His Word says, and the promises that are in His Word, then I have nothing to fear. I will drive down that road, and the water can come, and it doesn't matter. Amen? Amen? Whatever that storm is, whatever that circumstance is, I can have peace through it. It doesn't matter. Now let's read this classic verse regarding trust. Proverbs three, five. It, many of us have heard this before, but it's a it's a simple truth, but it's vital for us to to, to read and understand. You can't talk about trusting the Lord without this verse right here. Verse five Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lead not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, how many in here by show of hands? i heard if I hear that verse. Now, keep your hands up. Now, how many could say, and I follow it all the time? Keep your hands up. See, yeah, 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 that's what happens. I see it. I repeat A it lot up. of the hands go down. Very
1: Even though sometimes I've heard this verse. I know
0: it. I've heard it many times. I grew up in church. Trust me, Lord, with all my heart. Leave not to thy own understand. It doesn't matter. Because if if we got the, our eyes on that storm, if our eyes mm. on the circumstance, and it's easy to do, it's natural. To freak out. I know. I've been there. I've done the freak out. I've lost a job, couldn't find another, and watched the bank account just start disappearing. Guess what? I started freaking out. <laughs> I was. I had double digit thousand things in the savings account, and it just, you know, it was just dwindling, 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 dwindling. First year of marriage. Little baby. Right in the second year of marriage, you know, right after that, you know, baby, no, n- no job started during the first year, no job. And it went into carry it to the second year. So watching it dissipate, trying to get work, do this, do that. And I'm trying to make it happen. And isn't that what we do when something's hit? We got to fix it. How many's a fixer? I'm a fixer. Yeah. I've got to fix it. If it's broke, it's wrong. I've got to get all my energy. Look, I put all my energy into all of it. I mean, my thoughts every day. I started not being able to sleep good. I mean, just the whole not everything. I'm putting everything into this, trying to fix this situation, this storm, calm this thing down. And it was the moment, the very moment that I turned all that off. The Lord, I give up. I am done. I trust in you. Two or three days later, someone's knocking at the door and signing a check over to me. It, I had no idea. Weird. It, I'm, I'm like, what? And then I, re- when I really realized what happened, I was shouting. I was praising the Lord. I said, Okay, I'm going to keep doing this. This is good. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep believing because i had no other options. Mm. The thing is though this morning is God doesn't want us to get to the place where we have no other options. He wants us to trust trust him beforehand. And as that storm hits, we're already trusting. We don't wait till it gets so bad that we throw up our hands and go, "God, help me." No, we're already there. We're trusting God because we are his children and we know <coughs> that he provides. All of our needs. We trust in the Lord because He and He alone is trustworthy. We trust in the Lord because He alone is truly trustworthy. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. There's so many verses like this in the Bible where it says God is faithful. The, book of, uh, the books of the Bible talk a lot about trust. Amen. In the book of Psalms, it's mentioned 39 times about trusting, whether trusting in God, trusting in his word or, you know, just just so packed full reading Psalms going through. And you can see how that, you know, David in many of his writings, King David in Psalms, he was saying, trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust in him. Despite all the stuff David was going through. Now, David did some stuff. <laughs> and David was going through some stuff. And many people would sit here and say, well, TJ, you don't understand. I messed up a whole lot. I've done a lot of sinning. I've done this. I've done that. I'm not worthy for God to come and rescue me. I I don't, I I don't, if I trust God, it's not going to work because he knows what I've done. Have you murdered anybody and committed adultery? Have you done those kind of th- I mean the list goes on we could be here for a while talking about David's transgressions but yet God looked at David and said he is a man after my own heart yeah. I mean that just it just really blows me away how God forgave King David now, there were some consequences, sure, for David, because we do reap what we sow, and we know that. And David reaped some consequences, but despite what he was going through, all the people who were coming against him, he was betrayed. He went through betrayals, friendship, people who thought they were the closest. His own son betrayed him. But yet, he still said, I will trust in God. He still said, God is my rock, my refuge in Him. I will trust. This is what we read. A man who had messed up. I don't care what you've done. How many times you've messed up. How many times you doubted. How many times you got angry, impatient. How many times you tried to tackle the situation on your own. God is can be the strength of your life if you let Him. You can put your full trust in God. Amen. 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 Am I just preaching to myself this morning? No. Are you hearing this this morning, church? You know, I, there, maybe you're here this morning and you're not going through anything and everything's good. You're like, okay, I know this, I know this. I know this. You need this. Because guess what? There's always going to be a storm coming. Amen. When have we gone through a month in the last decade without any rain? We've at least got something. Now, we've had some months where it's been kind of, you know, not too much, and the grass turns brown, starts dying. The positive to that is, you don't have to cut the lawn as much, it stops growing as much. That's a good thing. But that's about all. But the rain's going to come, the storm's going to come. It's going to happen, it's inevitable. Jesus said, You're going to go through tribulations. That's right. He said, We're going to have those. Amen. But see, we're to trust through that anyways. And if God is your rock, we build our house on the rock, not on the sand. And the sand is man's wisdoms, man's ways. His ways, they pale in comparison to God's. Man says, oh, you know, trust in money, trust in riches. Money's the answer to many things. But we look here in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 17, it says this Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high minded. Nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now notice this here, that he didn't say, tell the rich to get rid of all their riches because money's evil. That's not what he said. We know that the scripture says, it's the love of money that Amen. is the root of all evil. It's not just money. I've heard many many people say, oh, money's evil. Oh, I would, you know, no. No. Usually the people who say money's evil don't have enough. Yep. <laughs> can we just be real about it? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Look, there's, a, uh, there's been some times in my life I've always say, man, money's just evil. I just wish money didn't matter. I just And I just go on and on. And the Lord rebuked me on that. He said, do you not have enough? Have I not met all your supply? Look, my faith and my trust is not in a financial portfolio. My faith and my trust is in God. It's Him who supplies all my needs. Amen. According to is rich. His riches and glory. Amen. So why was He saying this to the rich? Don't be don't trust in riches. Why? It'll make you high-minded. That word high-minded, it's a metaphor in the greek and when you study it out from the two words that it's meant and then the root words and you look at it it's a metaphor that says you think higher of yourself than somebody else not just high of yourself you think high of yourself over somebody else it's a comparison thing you know you've seen them all the rich guys with their bins, and they got their seat down and they're looking at you with their rolex and smiling with their gold tooth they think they're all that what and that's what makes the man. No. That stuff doesn't matter. Now look, if you got a Benz, more power to you. That's all good. But that's not what makes you who you are. Amen. And it does not make you better than someone else. This is what Paul was saying. He said, Timothy, listen, tell the rich, don't trust in that. And he said, because it will make you high-minded, number one. And two, it's uncertain. Riches are uncertain. Go ask all the people who put all this money in the stock market and then it dropped and then they lost it all. Amen. Riches are uncertain. Go ask the the millions of people in this country alone who thought they had it all but they lost their job. I was just talking to someone yesterday who they've been laid off for a while. I didn't know in my neighborhood, one of my neighbors, and I didn't know. And I noticed I'd seen them a little bit more in the neighborhood. And I didn't know, but he'd been laid off 29 years in the federal government. So he's got to wait six months, though, before they offer him like a retirement. And he shared with me, he's well over six figures, and he went from six figures to nothing. Hmm. Zip. So he's driving Ubering, right? Doing those kind of things, doing what he can. He said, yeah, my son's not used to it. He's like, hey, can I have this? Can I have that? And he's like, son, we talked about this. It's going to be a little while. See, we can't put our trust in riches and I thank God for, for him and, 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 and that, that he's able in six months he's going to be, well, it's, it's less than that now but he's going to have it and he's going to be back on track. But he's got to be careful right now, right? What about the others who got laid off that don't have that coming? That don't have that money coming? That worked 17 years and didn't get to 20 and they went ahead and let them go. They don't have that. What about Those? Riches is uncertain, church. This is why we need the wisdom of the Lord. We need to trust in Amen. God. Amen. Look, that's not to put fear. Don't get in fear. Just cast fear out and trust in the Lord. Yes, you have to make decisions. We make wise decisions. We look to Him. He's the one who guides us. Our my sense of security is in God. The world will say it's in money. It'll say it's in riches. It'll say it's in position. It'll say it's in power. It'll say it's in all these other things. But your security is to be in Christ. So we trust that we're talking about trusting in God. But there's another aspect of trust we've got to be able to trust others. And you may, I know right off, many of us can get real defensive, real quick. And we can say, wait a minute. I, I don't know about this trusting others business. And at first glance in the word, you may even say, oh, the word says this. And let's look at one of these verses in Psalms 118 verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Now, listen, we should always be careful about putting our, our, our trust or our confidence in man, but not afraid to trust others. We can't get into fear trusting others. And the key word in this verse, in verse 8, we look at it again. It is better. See? It is better. This verse didn't tell us to only trust in God and not trust in others. It just said it's better. Why? Because God never fails. God's, God's God. He's awesome. That's why it's better to trust in God and put your confidence in God than put it in man. But we need to not be afraid of trusting others. Loving others is part of being human and of living, and living in society. Because of the way we're made, there's this this innate uh, thing inside of us that, that, that says trust others. Trust somebody. Maybe you can trust the person sitting next to you. Maybe you think of some other people they can trust. But you're also thinking of some people. I can't trust them. Excuse yeah. me, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't man. think so. And you know what? You're probably right and you shouldn't. And that's where this verse comes in. Trust and Don't trust those. You don't have to trust everybody. What it is, is we have to love. Trusting others is almost inseparable from loving others. We talk about that first and greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. And the second is likened to the first, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. Without Trust is part of love. It's almost inseparable. Now, are there some people that you can love and not trust? Yes, and we're going to get to that here in a minute. But see, the thing is, for many of us, we've been hurt. We've been betrayed so many times that we just are too scared to trust anybody. And we won't fully trust anybody else. All we're going to trust is just God, and that's it. So how do we overcome that? How do we overcome the fear that arises from memories of past betrayals and, and all these things that we've experienced that, that, that just aren't pleasant when it comes to trusting others. In this same chapter, in Psalms 118, verse 5, it says, I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Overcoming The fear of being hurt again by others that we put our our trust in and we just, oh, I can't trust anybody else because this person did this and that person did that. And it's just, I don't want to be hurt again. I'm not going to do it. To overcome that fear, you have to first start with putting your trust in the Lord and allowing the Lord to bring you to a large place. Now, what does this large place mean? It's a metaphor as well, and it's used of liberty and welfare instead of distresses. And see, when you're in fear, you're in a distress and you need God to bring you out of fear and out of that distress into a large place, which is liberty and freedom in God. Amen. Amen. By trusting in God first and foremost, we can confidently say what David said. I will not fear what can man do to me. What can man really do? If we have our trust totally in the Lord. Listen, I can't go any further without saying this. If we've been hurt by others, as Christians, as we know in the Word. That means forgiveness is in order. That's number one. We have to forgive those who have hurt us. We have to. Now forgiveness, it doesn't mean forgetting. It doesn't mean uh, we could do a whole message. We've done those before on offense and forgiveness. We could be here for a while. It doesn't mean you're letting them off the hook for what they've done. What it means is you've turned them over to the Lord because the Lord says vengeance is mine. It's not for us to take vengeance on another individual that's hurt us. So we have to forgive. No matter how hard it, it may be, we have to forgive others. Now, does forgiving mean we just go right back in and put our faith and trust in that person and we just keep trusting and they keep hurting us and we keep... No. No. Absolutely not. God didn't call us to be doormats. Amen. 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 God didn't call us to be doormats. Look, if it's the same person and they just keep hurting you over and over and doing things you don't understand, I thought they loved me. I thought they liked me. I thought they were my friend. And they just keep doing it over and over again. You don't need to put your trust in that person anymore. Now, we got to give people second chances. How I many's heard that phrase? You know, this is the land of second chances. We know that. And we know that God is a God of second chances as well. And we've got to be willing to give others a second chance. But when it starts getting into the third and fourth and fifth chance and this and that, that's where wisdom comes in. We've got to test people before we put our trust into others. We test them. we got time. I wasn't sure if I was going to say it. Church, this is an area that's been a real struggle for me in my life. And my wife will attest. My father will attest. Because I've been hurt many times before. And it was a struggle. And I remember saying the words to Carrie Ann, to my dad I'm done. I'm not trusting anybody like that again. I thought he was my brother. You know?
1: I trusted. I thought he was like family.
0: How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. Amen. I thought. It was like that between us. And for him to stab me in the back like that, I, it just, it hurt. It hurt bad. It hurt bad. And I said, I'm not going to do it anymore. But see, I can stand here and I can say that I cried out to the Lord. And God healed that on the inside. Amen. Amen. And I can trust others again. Amen. Am I going to probably be hurt again at some point? Yeah, probably. It's part of life. It's part of the tribulations that Jesus was talking about. It's part of the thing. But I cannot close myself off to others and not trust again. I have to put trust in people. Now, that other individual that I've forgiven and all of that, I'm not trusting him. I'm just not. Now, I love them, but I'm not trusting them. I can't. They could can come back into my life and say this, you know, all that. And we could even maybe have somewhat of a relationship, but I will not trust them to that degree again. That's where the wisdom is. Hmm. Because if it happened to that degree, it could happen again. Yeah. And so I don't have to do that. The Scripture does not say that I have to do that, therefore I won't. But we have to allow people to prove their trustworthiness. Amen, that's right. So TJ, where's that? 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is talking about love. What does that verse mean? <coughs> it means that we've got to believe the best about our friends and that they have good intentions. Love is not suspicious. Yeah. It's not. We've got to be able to have grace towards our friends when they've let us down and give them another chance. We've got to ask ourselves this question. How many times has God given me a second chance? As so imperative, we've got to remember that. How many times? So we can give a second chance. I believe we can. And see, you know, when we look at the word trust. It's confidence in the integrity, ability, character, and truth of a person or thing. And if someone continually over and over and over does not prove that, then we don't have to. But we've got to be able to give them a chance to be trustworthy, which is reliable, warranting of that trust. If you never put trust in a friend, how can they prove their trustworthiness? How can they do it? So we've got to give people a chance. Amen? Amen in giving people a chance and allowing them to prove their trustworthiness to us, we have to walk as trustworthy individuals in the kingdom of God. As children of God, we have to be trustworthy. Now, others may not always be trustworthy, but you and I, we always need to be trustworthy. We need to carry ourselves as trustworthy. Why? You reap what you sow. Amen. Hey, let's just be, and I talked a lot about that, and it's because it's the truth. If you sow trustworthiness, you sow love, you're going to reap that back in your life. I know it. Everything that you sow, your time, talent, and treasure, when you sow it, it comes back to you in one form, way, or another. I know it. I've experienced it so many times in my life. How many in here could just say as a testimony, you know what? I've experienced that too. I've sown things, and things have come back. Amen. The blessings of God are coming Amen. on me because of what I'm sowing in the kingdom. Amen. So I've got to show myself as trustworthy. And so as we end here, I want to go real quickly six keys. To being trustworthy that we need to have. Proverbs three twenty nine. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwells securely by thee. Number one, we should be a safe place for others. We should be a safe place for others. When others see us, they should be thinking they're safe. I can trust that person. You want others to be able to see you as a trustworthy individual. Proverbs 11, 13, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Number two, we should keep confidence. In other words, confidence is we should be able to keep secrets. How many of you told somebody a secret and they told it, right? That's happened to everybody. Everybody. But that doesn't mean we should go and do that on other people. We should be able to keep confidence because they trusted you enough. With that information, you should be able to keep that a secret. Amen? Number 3 Well, us read Proverbs 12, 22 first. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are His delight. Number three. We should be known for our honesty. People can't trust a person who lies. They just can't. And so we need to be trustworthy with everything we said and say and always tell the truth. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Number four, we should be willing to suffer with a friend, to go through something with somebody. Church, imagine if the whole body of Christ was able to look at this list right here and we did that. This place would be full. Every church would be busting out of the seams why because church people would just be a safe place for others to put their trust in they always keep secrets they never lie they're so honest and they're willing to go through things with me man church people are just the best can That's you right. imagine that amen if everyone in this world looked at church people and said wow they're the they're the most trustworthy people on the planet they never gossip or do any of that hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Number five, we should be known for our consistency. Church people will trust you if time after time they see you responding to them in in a consistent and reasonable manner. You also need to be readable in the sense that they need to know where you're coming from with your decisions and your actions. Look, this is really good for your employer. Let me just tell you. If you're consistently on time, you're consistently getting that project in, you're doing your job with consistency, they will trust you. And and trust me on this, those they trust, they promote. That's right. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 20, verse 6. Many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man? We should be known for our loyalty. That's number six. We should be known for our loyalty. We should defend others when they're criticized and then check the facts later in private. Always assuming the best. What does love do? It always thinks the best, always assumes the best. You know, if you over here, you come to me and you're talking bad about the person over here, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to defend that person at that moment. I just will. Because that's how I am. Now, I will go and talk to them later and find out. But I'm not going to give in to gossip, slander, any of those kind of things. Forget it. I am trustworthy. Amen? When people begin to trust you, you can have a profound impact on their lives. When people begin to trust you, you can have a profound impact on their lives. That's why trust should be a core value in your life. You should see trust as something valuable. Right along with unity and excellence. Because these things here not only raise you and elevate you, it allows you to minister to others. People will come to you if they know they can trust you, if they see the excellence inside of you. Amen? Amen. Can we all stand? I hope that this series was good for you if you missed any of the others you can get online especially my favorite was the second one on excellence I really like the second message on excellence so if you missed some of the others at least just go back and listen to that one if you missed that one because I believe it's vital it's well. excellence will raise you I want to see everyone in the body of Christ just be raised because others look it's a testimony to others so that they can come to Christ it's, it's, it's advancing God's kingdom. This is why these principles are so important. The, value, the things that are valuable in our life. And when we value these things, I believe God looks down and He's smiling. He's pleased. He really is. Amen. This morning, if you're here and you say, you know, I, you know when you were talking about trusting, I, I just have a hard time with that. And I know there's going to be several here like that. I know I've gone through that. I've been in that place before. That thought goes through my mind whenever somebody hurts me. It goes through my mind that I just forget it. I'm not going to trust. But this morning, I believe God wants you to forgive. Maybe you can't trust them again because it was just so bad, and that's okay. Because you can't put your trust in. That's wisdom. But it's hindering you from being able to trust others. That, have not, that you haven't been able to trust. That you know you need to trust. So that they can prove their trustworthiness. So this morning, let's go to the Lord. And if you're that person where you've been hurt, let's just forgive them right now. And let's say, Lord, and maybe you're here this morning as well. And, you say, and you've not been able to trust the Lord like you should. You're going through something. There's a storm. There's stuff happening. And you've not been able to fully release that into the Lord. Right into his hands. Right into his lap. Be able to, let's do that as well as we pray. Let's release every circumstance, every storm, and put it right in his lap. Folks, it's the best place for it to be. Our concern, we cast our care on him. Scripture says, for he cares for us. And when we do that, we get the peace. We get the knowing and things begin to happen in our life. We may not see it right away. We keep on trusting. Yes, keep trusting. Let's pray this morning. Father, right now, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, for your word says that we cast all our care upon you. And right now, that's what we do. We cast every storm, every circumstance, every situation, Lord, Lord, that we're going through. Lord, that we need your help. We say, Father, we need you. So, Lord, we just put it at your feet right now. We put it in your lap and we say we trust in you. And, Lord, right now, when there's other, we know that we need to trust others because it's almost inseparable from love. We need to love and trust others and let others prove their trustworthiness. But, Father, there's been hurts, Lord, and those that are here that are hurting, if that's you right now, just say those words. Even though you don't even feel it, you may not feel like it, you may not even feel better even later by it. But just begin to say those words, I forgive, and then put that name right there. I forgive so-and-so. And you may have to say that many times, even after today, before it becomes a reality in your life. But, Lord, right now we do that, we say we forgive those who have hurt us. And, Lord, there are some that even deserve a second chance. And so, Father, we do that. That now when we say we're willing to put our trust in others again. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Lord, I think for healing up every hurt, replacing it right now with your love in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Father. Let's just wait just a second. Hallelujah. Thank Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, mm, this can be a difficult thing. Thank you, Lord. I know there's some that is just really tough. And it's hard to get past it. Allow the Lord to break through that shell, that exterior. Allow the Lord to melt you on the inside. The Lord is your rock. Allow Him to bring you to that large place. That place of security. That place of liberty. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. It's done. In Jesus' name, by faith, Amen.